Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Intentionality. What does that look like in your marriage? What does that look like in your family? How does it help you? What are the benefits of intentionality, particularly in your marriage? How can it help you? How does it hurt you when you're not intentional? We are going to talk about that subject today with a wonderful couple, Jonathan and Carrie Vaco. Rhymes with Waco, even though they're not from Texas. They are from, actually from Green Bay. And they are a wonderful couple. They have a podcast called Couples Becoming Intentional. And they talk to young, younger married couples all the time about how to help them become more intentional in their marriage and therefore, as a consequence, more intentional in their family. So let's join us today as we talk to Carrie and Jonathan, we're going to love it. They're full of energy, full of life, and full of wisdom about becoming intentional in your marriage. Welcome, parents and others, to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don here today because we have some very cool guests, uh, Jonathan and Carrie Vaco. Did I get that right? Rhymes with yes, you got it. Not spelled like that. Really throws me. It's V-A-J-K-O. They have a great podcast called Couples Becoming Intentional. So Jonathan and Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Well, welcome guys. In true parenting fashion, my John is off gallivanting with our five-year-old to make sure that he is settled for this. So um, we are excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, and I'm sure every parent can relate to just as soon as the podcast started. Exactly. We have the interruption just as yes. As soon as we just as soon as we get on the phone, just as soon as we you know decide to watch that show, sit down and read that book, especially with young kids. Well, today in the podcast, and 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 uh, Jonathan Carey, delightful people. They live up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, and. Um, they are they have a, the, the podcast really we're going to talk about today uh, is about being intentional in our marriage and uh, just what does that look like? What are the dangers of, of not doing it? And so um, really just first of all, though, just give our audience a little bit of your story. Absolutely. So John and I met eight years ago. Has it really been that long? It has been that long. <laughs> it seems forever ago. Uh, we met eight years ago serving on staff at a Bible camp in northern Wisconsin, and um, his sister was a good friend of mine, so I credit her to having us be together, um, and we got married a year after us like um, developing friends and being on staff. We got married a year later, and then two years, uh, what was it, a year and a half or so after that? we became parents for the first time. It was very unexpected. My doctor told me, okay, this is, this is unexpected happiness. And that's how like we choose to reframe our son who's now five years old. And then we have a daughter who's three years old. So we are in the thick of parenting with really young kids. I work full-time and John is a stay-at-home dad. And we just love this life that, that we get to live. 
very physically exhausting, but yes, it is yes. Very, <laughs> very fun. We thought, you know, why not get a dog as well during this myth? So we also have a puppy. Yes. Um, yeah. That's funny. It's, very, very physically exhausting says the stay at home dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, you guys have the, the couples becoming intentional podcast. You can find it anywhere on any, um, podcast platform, but so how did you guys get into where that became your passion to help couples become intentional? Yeah. So this, uh, we've had this idea of just, we wanted to do a podcast like any true millennial, because <laughs> if you're not, a, it's like a stamp of honor almost. Um, and so, uh, for us, this kind of like budded, I don't know, like two years ago, we've had this idea of like starting a podcast. We wanted to like talk about stories. It, yeah. it started off as like, how did ours like story, our like our our story past of like who we were as kids um, play a role into our current marriages mm -hmm. and then also just like get other people's like stories so they can see how like how how you grew up kind of like shaped um, the person that you are now. Mm -hmm. And that kind of developed over time. And then a year later after like started, like having this idea, it mm -hmm. kind of got to like, well, why don't we just talk about our marriage? Cause we mm -hmm. realized like trying to get guests on is going to be a really long process, really yeah. hard process. We're readily available mm -hmm. um, on a weekly basis to sit down and record. So we're like, why don't we just talk about us? Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, so what, what did like, what sparked this kind of like intent, like intentionality is like, oh, right. We want to become intentional. Mm -hmm. And so now we've been recording for just over a year, mm -hmm. been releasing on a weekly basis. And it, be, it came out of just like, we wanted, it started off as just us talking about ourselves, talking mm -hmm. about like our journey. And then it kind of just like, we got more people listening when we started uh dropping like hey this is what worked for us hey this is what uh didn't work for us and hey this is what um worked for others but mm -hmm. we tried it didn't quite work for us yeah. and so when we started like doing that that's kind of like developed our podcast into kind of being like helping other young couples couples uh grow more intentional with each other um so that they can not only have a healthy marriage, but also have a healthy, like, um, family, because we believe that like, yes, your first and foremost relationship with should be with Jesus. Then it should be second with your spouse and then third with your kids. And so we're trying to like give the tips and tricks and all this stuff of not only having a healthy relationship with Jesus, but also with your spouse. So that can be like trickled down into like your parenting. Yes. And also with all everything that John said is so, so true and so accurate about like our upbringing and all this, we both come from broken homes. Now we would probably wouldn't have said that five years ago, but now watching um, our parents like live their lives, they're becoming further. Some of them are becoming further and further away from Jesus. And John and I do not want that for our families. We do not want that for our kids to look up to. So we're navigating like our own parent stuff that we're walking through. We're recognizing that we are generation stoppers, that we don't want that to continue. So we're 
um, going a different route and wanting to continue on that. So one of the ways that we have this podcast is really for us to remind us that we need to be intentional with each other because it's not just about John and I, it's not just about our kids, but it's about all the generations that will come after it that are going to be shaped and molded into the image of Jesus because of what we chose to do. And that's not glory to us. That's glory to God. Yeah. And right. Yeah. And so, um, so question in a, in the year of doing this podcast of becoming intentional and and getting out there and, 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 uh, getting it all going, what have you learned about becoming intentional for, you know, you guys have a three and a five-year-old. So a lot of our parents are in that season. Uh, some of them may be older kids as well. So, um, but I'm sure you're talking to older parents as well. What are you, what are you finding that, um, maybe let's start with, before we get into the practical, what are the benefits of intentionality? What are the dangers of not being intentional? Mm, great. So one of the benefits that I see about being intentional and I, that gets me, me really excited is again, that generational impact mm. is that when it's modeled for our kids, what two parents who love the Lord, who love each other, when that's modeled for kids, it's teaching them what a healthy relationship looks like. And both John and I did not have healthy relationships with like the opposite sex growing up. Um, it was more of like, just, just different until we came into a relationship with each other. And we want to be able to model for them what a loving relationship with Jesus and what a loving relationship with each other looks like. So that way they can model it with their friends and maybe a future spouse one day and just family members and any person on the street, because we want to be modeling the love of Jesus to people. Um, that's one of the things that I see of like the blessing of being intentional is like the generational impact. What about for you, John? Uh, for me, I think it's intentionality is what can bring you from just surviving mm. parenting to thriving in your parenting um, and in your marriage. Um, like that's what we talk about. And so I think so many people just like tolerate the other person that's married and then they eventually fall into that just like we're roommates with right. uh, some blessings yeah, <laughs> uh, with benefits. That's yes. what it is. Uh, roommates with benefits. And that's not what we want to see for marriage. That's not what mm-hmm. God wants to have us to like. He wants us to see like see our marriages thrive. And that takes intentionality, like right. uh, sitting across from the other person and like actually knowing their heart, soul, mind, um, well-being, whatever. And so I think, yeah, it just, it helps that, um, that spark of, uh, just understanding what, who's the person you're married to. Right. So and you kind of alluded to this, John, of what the, the negative aspects of it too, of being roommates, And I think we can all like either think of people in our life or just know what different seasons of each other's lives are of where you just feel like um, two ships passing in a night. I know John and I had this conversation just a couple of days ago. It's a really abundant week for me work-wise and with the kids. And um, there's just been a lot of on the schedule this week. And so I have, John had mentioned to me, like, we're feeling like two ships passing in the night. And I'm like, okay, for until this day. Because now it's only, it was only for a three-day span. We recognize it. And then we know that for the next couple of days, we're going to work. We're going to take advantage of the time that we do have rather than 
just continuing in the ships passing in the night, which I feel like if you're choosing to not be intentional, that's what's going to happen. You're going to end up being roommates. You're going to end up not really knowing who you got married to. You're going to end up just with disordered views of what marriage and relationships are supposed to be. And then you could end up being like ships passing in the night. And then you wake up 30 years down the road, 20 years down the road. And you're like, I don't know who I married. Well, it was all these little types of habits that you did that actually caused that. It wasn't that overnight you forgot who your spouse was. It was all the little habits that you did throughout the, throughout the years that um, culminated to not having an intentional relationship. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just talking to someone in the last couple of days and hopefully the reason I'm talking to them is because I'm hoping they'll have a, they're having a breakthrough been married for 35 years. And one of the things that I, and they're really, you know, in some ways close to potentially a divorce situation. And one of the things that she said was, I don't feel heard, hmm. you know? And, and so um, I think part of intentionality is helping your spouse to feel heard, listen to what you, you mentioned, Jonathan, um, you know, just the, the intimacy of it, of, of, of really knowing the spouse, knowing your spouse and knowing, I think so often in the day to day grind, if you will, the day to day busyness, um, we, we know what the spouse thinks about the schedule or we know what the spouse thinks about maybe, um, you know, what's going on with the church or whatever. But I mean, what about what's going on inside them? Well, how are they feeling? You know, and, and many times our own worries and cares, it seems like, gets in the way of that. So, um, yeah, and so that, that kind of gets to kind of the dangers of it is what you said is building kind of this roommate relationship where over time distance comes. And, you know, as you're, you guys talk to a lot of married people. We tend to, you know, talk to a lot of people about marriage, but also more about parenting. About Oh, my goodness, what do I do with this seven-year-old? But mm-hmm. um or a teenager or whatever, when you're dealing with people that have been married for five to 10 years, what are you finding that they, uh, where are the issues in their relationship that come from not being intentional? I think the biggest thing that we've kind of just been seeing is like what you said, not being heard. It's this lack of communication. And a lot of what, even like for John and I, a lot of that comes with um, past hurt, past weight, or like the way that you were raised, a lot of it's personality and really understanding how God designed it, the person that you're married to. I know for me, the way that I, part of, um, one of the things that I constantly work through is asking for help. And I know, or even just expressing my own needs or doing something for myself. Meaning um, that you don't do that. Correct. I don't normally do that. You don't so, ask for help. You don't ask for your needs to be met. You mm-hmm. don't take time for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Right. And to me, I thought that was that was godly. Like we think of others before ourselves, but I took it to an extreme that became unhealthy. And I know that um, that brought up a lot of bitterness in the beginning of John and I's marriage because I was wondering why he wasn't meeting needs that I hadn't told him about. Hmm. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's funny to laugh at now, 
Um, but that was the truth. I wanted him to be able to read my mind, to anticipate my needs, because that's what I do for other people. I'm really easily to be able to anticipate needs, to recognize needs. Yes. Recognize them, meet them in like the weirdest of ways and just be there for people. And I was assuming that other people were wired the same way that I was. And so I was getting very, very upset when John was in doing that to me. Well, that's because God didn't wire John like that. We're actually complete opposites. And I think that's one of the things that when we're thinking about, um, the whole idea of like not, or like what are the biggest hurt hurdles of being intentional? I think that's, it is not recognizing the differences and having it be a blessing that your spouse brings to the table and acknowledging it and being being willing to work through it or compromise in different areas. So I know that John isn't always going to be super in tune or aware of all the needs that I have. That takes me actually voicing them. And that's something that I get to grow in. And for John, it takes him learning to recognize some of the different things and learning some of the different cues that I may give. And it's been something both of us have gotten to grow in. And I think that's something that it takes time and a lot of people don't want to take the time. We want, we want, we're selfish people. We're fleshly selfish people that we want our needs met right away. And when they're not, we're going to look to something else rather than actually having a dialogue conversation with your spouse, with a friend, with family members about what it can actually look like to have a more meaningful, loving relationship. Yeah. I think one of the things you just said there is wanting your needs to be met without articulating. And that's what intentionality does is you start talking about things. You start saying, this is how I feel about that. Or this is, you know, this is, this is what I want, or this is what I want you to want or whatever. Uh, Suzanne used to say, I love the idea too, of recognizing the differences. Suzanne used to say that she spent the first 10 years of her marriage trying to turn me into a hairy woman because <laughs> um, she wanted me to be, she thought, and I thought too, if we could teach each other to be like each other, then that would be better because our way was better. We knew better. But in reality, you know, we're really expressing more. A lot of that intentionality is celebrating each other's differences and, and helping each other become the best they can be, not turning them into another version of, you know, my, my family doesn't need two of me. Mm-hmm. It, needs, it needs a husband and a wife and, and both of us are super different. Yeah. I would say for sure that it comes down to communication. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like processing, like, I think it comes down to like growing up. Yes, you're put into circumstances where you can talk about similar interests, interests, because that's what you have. Like that's you're forced into, like, if you're on a sports team, you talk about sports. If you're on at school, you talk about school, but like, we never learn how to like actually carry a conversation. And uh, so like one of our biggest thing is like trying to teach people how to ask uh, open-ended questions so that you can really get down to the depth of like why people think about the things that they think about mm-hmm. or the, why they do the things that they do. Um, because then like you can fully understand like, um, who they are because then you can understand like, okay, if Carrie's motivation is I want to help people, then obviously it's not going to, she's always, she's going to easily forget about herself. If my motivation is I want peace and serenity, I'm going to shelter myself off and say other people are difficult. And so then um, uh, so then I'm going to block, put barriers up. And so 
if we know like what our motivations are, it, one for ourselves, but also for our spouse, that we can know that like how we can best serve them mm-hmm. essentially. And so, yeah, it comes down to communication, communication styles as well. Um, a lot of people, some people just rub you off because rub you off the wrong way because like of their way they communicate towards you. And so, have you heard about Basecamp? It's our free family-focused membership platform made just for you. After a short three-minute sign-up, you instantly receive access to our relationship and culture courses. This is a space where we teach you through short-form video or audio about God's vision for family. We believe investing your time in these videos will drastically change the way you think about family. You can watch the videos on your own or with a group. We've designed what we call the trails to walk you through each course. So grab your phone and click the link in the show notes to sign up today. Or even better, grab a friend and sign up for the trails. Everything you need to know is in the show notes link. Join Basecamp today. Then join a trail and start rethinking the way you do family. Uh, A lot of people listening to our podcast would say, we want our marriage to be great. We want our marriage. We want intentionality in our marriage we would um, we believe in that, even though we may not practice it as much as we believe it. Um, yeah. So, what would you tell these parents as far as uh, uh, practical ways to bring intentionality into the marriage relationship? Such a great question. One of the things that just give encouragement to that if you're asking the questions of how can I be more intentional, how can I go from a marriage that's surviving to thriving. That's awesome. Like acknowledging that you want things to get better is great. So pat yourself on the back. This is awesome uh, because there are so many couples who just negate it and say, this is my lot in life. This is what I've got. And I'm just going to keep living it. And that's, that's not the way God designed marriages. And I'm like, that's just, I'm, I'm giddy that that question's being asked. Um, practical things for us. And this is something that we do on the podcast. I'm going to take one section and then John will take the, another section is even in the midst of having a three-year-old and a five-year-old, sometimes like date nights and date days can get like pushed off to the side because it takes so much more effort. Um, I know for us, that means finding a babysitter, finding, um, carving out time when we're probably really tired to be intentional with one another. Um, but taking the time for just the two of you to remember that this, your husband wife relationship is extremely important that the legacy impact that's going to have, like reminding you of all these different things is helpful when it comes to being consistent and intentional about putting, carving out time on the calendar, because you can look at your calendar and you can tell, I can tell you what you're prioritizing in the season and what is most important to you. And if intentional time with your spouse is not on there, then you're showing me that that's actually not something that you're prioritizing. Or if you say, I don't have time, reframe it and say, that's not a priority to me right now. And when you reframe it like that, that kind of hurts a little bit because you're recognizing that it's actually not a priority for you and your spouse to get together. And that's not something, that's not the ticket to an intentional marriage. So I know for us, we're really intentional about carving out at least a weekend for us to get on a plane and fly away to a different part of the country for just us time, just for us to reconnect. And then my mom is local to us and she's been so gracious to just recognize like, Hey, it's been a little bit since I've had my grandkids, I'm going to have them over for an overnight and then just allow us to have a staycation, not needing to spend a ton of money, 
and still being able to be intentional with other people. Cause I know that's a big thing that we get asked a lot of, but I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a way to make this happen. Babysitters plus dating, like going out on a date, like that's so expensive. Um, most of the time for us, it's like grabbing a bottle of wine and some cheese and crackers. And once the kids are in bed, watching a new movie we haven't seen or, um, being able to, um, have swaps with other parents. So we have a family that we're really close with that we'll take their four kids plus our two kids and the parents go out on a date and then we'll swap. So they'll take, they'll take all six of the kids and then we'll go out on a date and just being able to have like the two hours of carved out intentional time to go back to then your family is something is like one, a next step that you could take. And then John, do you want to talk about the questions that we do? I will say to to your point first, um, be unique with like your date nights, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to do dinner or anything. Yeah. You can go grocery shopping right. together. Mm-hmm. And that we is a date. Do that. <laughs> it never works out because I buy more things that we don't actually need on a grocery list. It's We've, so true. Yeah. We found that that doesn't work for <laughs> us. Um, so it's okay to be unique with um with your dates and uh find things that work for you find something Mm -hmm. that's free if you're on tight on a budget find something that you both enjoy find something new that you both haven't tried before because Mm -hmm. then it like you're trying something new together so that you can see if it's something you actually enjoy like mini golf for us we are no pool pool is one of these things that we both realize in our marriage that like we both enjoy but we never like Mm -hmm. pursued it as a hobby before Um, so then for, for, what was it? Questions. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just again, re- reiterate what I said earlier is just that like open-ended questions, um, open-ended questions, uh, the who, the what, the when, the where, um, try to refrain from using why questions because when you use why questions, that's, um, you're questioning their motives mm-hmm. and people will be defensive when you question their motives. Um, so when you ask those, uh, open-ended questions, um, you get to a d- level of, of understanding that you would have, you wouldn't uh, have known before. Um, and, um, with that, when you're asking open ended question, you are also heart centered listening. So that is a big, another big thing that we, we teach is that like, yes, you can ask a question, but if you're not listening intently, hearing what the words that they're actually saying, because the words that people say have significance behind it. And so like understand what words they're using and what, um, if they're using a word constantly, then it must be a significant to them. Mm-hmm. And then also understand what they mean by a certain word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny, like, uh, when I like to tell a quick story where we had uh, we had a life group this past year and w- the leader of that life group is a, he was an engineer mm-hmm. and so it was uh, he was talking and I was just I was like okay I'm gonna listen I'm gonna actually like hear what he's saying he said solution mm-hmm. five times within five minutes and I'm like Dan are you a solution oriented person <laughs> he's like yeah, I yeah, I am. He's like, that's very acute of, of you. I'm like, do you think your uh your wife wants you to always be solution oriented? And he's like, Oh, no, that's what I usually that's what I usually go to is a solution oriented mind frame. And so yeah, those 
open-ended questions um, can really get the people to reveal like, oh, that's why the things I do. And so. That's good. That's good. You know, so even in your, in your podcast, you have some, certain questions every once in a while you'll have, you know, eight crazy questions to ask on your next date night or, mm -hmm. you know, um, 15 questions to ask your spouse, you know, things like that. So um, let's, let's, let's kind of roll on that just a little bit because um, questions are super powerful. And, you know, what, how do you, you were talking about just the, the open-ended question for one. Um, uh, I find that some spouses really like to talk about themselves. Other spouses don't. Um, if you're one of those spouses that, you know, and so often like my wife, I'm the one that likes to talk about myself. She's the one it's hard to get to talk about with her. And so, um, spend a lot of time, um, trying to, or you also have the, we were just talking about this, uh, post before we got on that, uh, one of you is an external processor or really, you know, likes to talk quickly. Another one is more of a thinker, more of a uh, pr processor, a longer term processor. So how do you talk to couples in your questions and things like that? You know, when you have all these differences and what kind of advice would you give couples in navigating the differences in personalities, gender, all the things that that make it difficult to have conversations sometimes? Mm. Do you want to share what you had to learn in yeah. the last seven years when it came to, to it's do. so true i i'm glad we were on the same wavelength because that's exactly what i was going to share <laughs> you can see that i'm usually talking first after a question to allow john to process the question uh, yes. because i i'm an external processor um one of the best piece of a, pieces of advice i got because i'm external john's a more internal processor um, we were actually at a wedding and they were going around with a video camera in front of everybody's face and asking them what is your best piece of marriage advice we had been married for maybe a year at this point. So I was like, we got nothing to share. Um, the couple next to us, they had been married for 20 years and same kind of dynamic. She's an external processor and he is more of an internal processor. And she said, cause she recognized that the couple that just got married was similar in that aspect. And she said, when you ask a question of, so like when I Carrie would ask a question of John, wait five minutes for a response. Five I'm, like, minutes. I'm like, that's a long time. And they said, wait five minutes. And I'm like, no, I want an answer in 30 seconds or else I've already moved on. So there are multiple times when if there's like a more serious conversation that I want us to have, or I ask a more thought provoking question. If I ask it, a lot of this time this happens on road trips. I ask the question and then I have to wait because if I speak and I say something like, are you thinking about that? Are you thinking about that? Are you done thinking about it? Do I have an answer yet? Um, if I have that, it interrupts his thought pattern and he can't process. So then he has to go back through the whole process. And it's like reset I, timer. Yes. I have a timer on my watch where I'm looking at the <laughs> clock on the dashboard of the car and I wait five minutes. And most of the time it's quick. Like he'll come to a response after five minutes, but it's, it's practice for me to listen 
and not be anticipating an answer or having a quick conversation, silence is more challenging for me. So just to sit in silence and be patient and wait for an answer is actually a self-control thing for me that I've been learning and growing in. And so that's one of the ways that with my, my internal processing husband. What about you, John? I didn't have to learn anything. Um, uh, I think for, for, because, uh, Carrie is more of the A type, the, uh, external processor. She, she kind of, um, lives a pace of life that is a lot faster, uh, <laughs> than, than I live. I, I'm more of the B type kind of laid back kind of, um, guy. And so not automatically, I had to learn this, um, in this for, um, not just shutting down when she bombards me with questions or like wants to have a conversation uh because i feel like um if she like is coming at me with like this pace that's like i'm going at this speed and you're mm -hmm. going 10 times as fast yes i like it can get me overwhelmed and so like learning those like oh like okay i'm feeling overwhelmed i don't need to shut down i can take a deep breath and say okay like ask the question of okay what what do you want me to answer first what do you want me to like what what part of John do you actually want? Um, like, do you want to, me to be solution oriented? Do you want me to be just to sit here and listen to you? Because mm -hmm. I can do both. I can solve your problems or I could just listen to you and vent. Let yes. you vent. And mm -hmm. uh, that's one of those things that, yeah, like so really automatically. Uh, yeah. And as we kind of wrap up here, I think, you know, one of the things that I come out of it by listening to you guys is... Being intentional doesn't have to be hard. That it's, Correct. I mean, it may be, may take some effort and energy. Mm -hmm. but I mean, literally, we can probably boil it down to everything I've listened to you guys. If I had to just summarize, and um, one one time in in one of my church elder meetings, they said, "Don, you have the spiritual gift of summary," and you know. Which really isn't a, it's really isn't a spiritual gift, but I mean, but it's just funny that they, because I always want to bring things to a conclusion. Um, but it's really just making time and asking questions. Hmm. If you would, if you, if, if we would just, if, if couples would do those two things, make time weekly, monthly, annually. My, my wife and I, Suzanne, we used to go out. Uh, we on a, every time on our anniversary, we would go to a bed and breakfast for for an evening or two, and so just to you know just a little. We usually were carrying a baby with us because we always had a baby. It seemed like, but it just seems like that you can say, man, if we just make time and ask questions of each other and listen, that would be a long way towards becoming intentional. Would you guys agree with that? Did yeah, I be summarize a, well? That would be a, a huge step towards intentionality, yeah. right? Too. Um, it's simple. Yes, it's simple to say. Just like uh, make time, listen, ask those questions, and it's um, not always easy because mm -hmm. um, you have to meet the other person at where they're at, and that's that's hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Um, any final thoughts you have? Any any the Holy Spirit just wanting to come out of you just to tell our, our audience anything before we wrap up. I just want to say if you're in the boat of you're wanting to take the next step to be intentional, just know that it's worth it. 
Hmm. that any, any relationship that you have takes effort. It takes time and to be patient with the process. I mean, even if you look at your relationship with Jesus, it took time to get to where you were today and the same with any relationship that you have. So keep doing that next little thing, that one tiny habit that you could implement to be intentional with your spouse is great. Um, start on the the next one thing that you could do to then have it be built into a habit that you have a incredible marriage and a lasting legacy. I will also say this, um, wrapping up to, or wrapping up, um, if like, you're like, oh my goodness, yes, this is what I've been missing. Don't just leave it there. Like mm-hmm. knowing something is not enough to actually motivate you into doing something. Find another couple, find a small group within your church and say like, we are going to be intentionality warriors or whatever. And say like, we want to motivate each other so that we can be mo- more intentional. Um, we are our communal uh, beings. We meaning we need to be in community to to do anything like that's um, so find one two three couples that you can just really rely on and really just pour into them but then also them pour into you mm, yeah that. Jonathan Carrie Vaco I got that name I got that last name right yes uh, hey thanks for being with us anything in terms of connecting with you guys. Um, listening to your podcast, anything else you wanted to connect with, anything you want to tell them about that? Yeah. Feel free to listen to our podcast, Couples Becoming Intentional, wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Thursday and you can find all the information over there on wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. We were on that podcast. We did, we did, one, <laughs> yeah. of those. We did one of those podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, hey, you guys are awesome. Um, if, you're, if you're ever in Green Bay, you can look them up, guys. Yeah, wherever you are around. So, um, hey, thanks for being here. And uh, thanks for just reaching out to, to married couples and helping them become intentional. Man, it really is. It's not easy. It's, it's, like, it's just like anything with Jesus. It's not It's not easy, but it is simple. Mm-hmm. The more, and, and so I like simple things because I feel like I can do them. So, uh, <laughs> so let's be intentional. And, and uh, as always, parents of Crazy Cool Family, go be crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com.